0: I'm excited to be here this morning with you guys. Um, I love talking about practical things, especially with people uh, your age bracket here, whatever this might be. Um, I think that um, I just like it. it's to me. It's I like giving nuggets that are uh, helpful, uh, hopefully, and um, I want to see you succeed. That's I'm super excited. I mean, I was in here. I, I never, you know, never know know what to expect, and to see that. Uh, Worship is alive in your hearts was such a blessing this morning. To see, just look around the room and I'm like, man, these are all like, everybody's in. This is amazing. The the sound was amazing. Just hearing you worship was such an encouragement to me. Uh, So I'm excited to see that. I think one of the biggest issues you guys are going to face in this world that's rapidly changing is Deception. And the loud voices from those people who want you to do what they want you to do. They want the word of God to line up with their beliefs. Today it's one issue, tomorrow it's another. I'm sure the older, uh, more seasoned Christians in the room would be surprised and shocked to see what we deal with now. 10, 20 years ago. It's incredible. The world continues to push more secular by the day. As Christians, we need a lot of things, but three really big ones. God's spirit, God's word, God's people. You got to have God's spirit. You got to walk with the Holy Spirit. You need the Bible. You need God's word. And, man, you really need God's people. I wouldn't say it's more important, but that one's easy to go, I don't need people. Yeah, you need people. Trust me. You need people. The world tells us that all you need is you and your perception, your truth. That's all you need. When I think about young people succeeding, I can't help but think of Paul. At the end of his life, he says, I fought the good fight. I did all the things. I went through the ups and downs. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. But in today's world, there's a growing voice that says truth comes from within. Truth is subjective. It is whatever you want it to be. The Bible says that the truth comes from the mouth of God and is never changing. It says your feelings and emotions should not be what creates truth. But truth comes from the Father and was revealed by the Holy Spirit through his word. If you want to keep yourself from being deceived, you want to be a Christ follower in today's world, you want to end up like Paul, to look back over the years of your life with pride. Like, man, those were some crazy ups and downs, but I kept the faith. I walked it. I did it. I think one of the most crucial things you have to understand is this. This is so important. The word of God is so important. 2 Timothy three sixteen starts off and says, "All Scripture is God breathed." The Bible is God breathed and inspired by the Holy Spirit. How I don't know how He did it. I don't know if He's got like a pen. And like a dove comes down and just like takes the pen over. Probably not. I actually think that God working is a lot more, it looks a lot more human uh, and a lot more uh, normal than um, some magical uh, pen writing dove. But um, the Bible is God breathed and inspired by the Holy Spirit, it does not change. Hebrews 3.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord, do not change. God doesn't change. The Bible can't be added to, can't subtract. The Bible doesn't move. It's not fluid. It doesn't flow with the traffic of today's world. It doesn't flow. You can't twist it. You can't turn it. It is what it is. It's already been decided by God. It doesn't change. So uh, it's so it's so easy to just to all right, well, what feels comfortable? Like, oh yeah, I could see how the Bible could mean that. It's easy. It's tempting to do. But that's equivalent to going up with your own religion. And you kind of get to be God. I would advise against that. The word of God is the standard against which all things are judged, God-breathed, inspired. It's not full of suggestions or interesting ideas, although it is an interesting book. The word of God is given to us through man so we can live a life devoted to Christ and not be led astray by the lies of this world. And don't forget this world is led by the evil one. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this school, for the many years, uh, for the many people that have walked through here, the teachers, the instructors, the students, the missionaries, the pastors, the prophets, the teachers. I'm so grateful for this place, how it's blessed my life. Lord, I pray that it would bless each one. Father, help us to hear truth today. Let us hear truth today. Open our hearts, God. That we would hear you, that we would follow you, that you would keep us from being led astray. We choose you, Jesus. We choose you. Amen. So I want to talk to you about the importance of holding to God's word. Keep you from being deceived, because that is exactly what the enemy wants to do. Matthew 22, 29. Matthew twenty-two, twenty-nine. 29. The religious leaders are questioning Jesus about the resurrection. They're trying to set him up. This never ends well, and it's always amusing to watch. It's the creator of the universe. You all trying to trap him? Like, he created everything, every bit of logic and reason that you are trying to come at him with. He created all of it. They're trying to trap him, and Jesus looks at him and says, You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Whew. That's a rough one. Can you imagine? Well, we're going to get this guy. Well, we're going to get him with this one. And he looks you dead in the eyes and says, uh, You're deceived. You don't know the scriptures, and you don't know anything about the power of God. Yeah, they walked away. It's a powerful scripture. But this word, I want to look. We're in Bible school, right? This is still a Bible school. You guys still learn about the Bible? There's no Greek? Everybody speaks Greek, right? No? Okay. We're in trouble then. Just kidding, just kidding. But it is important to uh, know a little bit. Use the apps we've got available to us today. Understand what these words are saying. The word error. Plano. This is the first time I've ever spoken Greek in any kind of message or teaching or sermon. So this is it. Maybe this is the last time. Planao. It's a Greek word Jesus uses. It means to roam from safety, truth, or virtue. To go astray, to be deceived. This is what Jesus is saying. You have roamed from safety and from truth because you don't know the scriptures. You don't follow God. We see this word again in Matthew 24. 24. Where false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. He's saying the Christians are gonna be deceived. There's gonna become a day where even the Christians are gonna be deceived. Let me tell you something the enemy doesn't need signs and wonders today to deceive Christians. It's already happening. He doesn't even need the signs and wonders. All he's using right now is the love we have for our own thoughts, our own feelings. Our thoughts and feelings are being elevated to the highest level in our society. We tell the world what we think, what our feelings are, what our opinions are. We think we're so important. As soon as you got some good idea, you tell everybody. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Every you tell them right away self-aggrandizing. We work at increasing our own importance, but really there's just a lot of arrogance. The Bible says we should be slow to speak. Slow to speak. There's a famous preacher. uh, He was recently asked... What worries you most about Generation Z? And he thought for a minute. He said, I fear they've become too focused on their thoughts. God says, my my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And we, everybody, myself included, need to spend less time thinking about how we feel, not to discard, discard that. Feelings, thoughts, that's all important. But not, they should never lie, rise to the level that they are above God's thoughts. God's thoughts are above our understanding. I think he's right. I think as a society, we put just way too much emphasis on that. How we think, how we feel. The world says, follow your heart. Every Disney movie Every cartoon, every good feeling thing, follow your heart. The Bible says your heart can deceive you. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When your thoughts and feelings don't line up for the Bible, with the Bible, something must change. And I think this is the danger we live in right now. Because the world wants us to go this way. It says, this is what, I, this is what has to be true, right? This feels right. And you're, our, our response really ought to be, you know what? Let's look at the Bible. Some of my favorite responses from my pastor, I've seen him do it plenty of times. There's a, a new couple in the church sharing a home together, not yet married. Eventually it starts to not sit well with the couple and goes to the pastor and says, you know, is this Okay. He's like, oh, let's see what the Bible says. This is our response. What does the word of God say to us? When your thoughts and feelings don't line up with the Bible, something must change. It's time to put a little work in. Time to study. It's time to seek God. The truth is, when it comes to understanding and interpreting the Bible, your thoughts and feelings shouldn't play a major role. You should seek God's thoughts. Use your Bible concordance, trusted commentaries, Talk to other people. When you read the Bible, you should say, God, I set my thoughts, feelings, and opinions aside. Open my eyes to your truth. And then you take these revelations, these new ideas, or these things you feel like God spoke to you, and you go find a mentor. find someone who's been living this life longer than you, who knows a little bit more than you do, and just say, hey, what do you think about this? Is this crazy? Is this good? Is this bad? You need these people in your life, especially at this stage. And man, you guys are at a good place to do it. Let me tell you. I don't know if you know this yet, but normal life does not look like Elam life. Right? This is kind of a bubble. Yeah? You've got an incredible wealth of knowledge on this campus. And I'll be honest with you, I was kind of a knucklehead when I was here. And I didn't really take advantage of that as much as I probably should have. Now, by the grace of God, he put me in a great church with great people and kind of worked some of that nonsense out of me. But, man, don't waste your time here. Get them out to lunch. Get, I'm sorry if this is going to put more work on your plates. But... Get them out to lunch, get them out to take them, go, go for a walk, go to their house, invite them, just spend time, develop relationships. You need mentors in your life to speak wisdom to you. Paul says in Second Thessalonians that future believers will perish because they will not have a love for the truth of God. God, let it not be me. I don't want to be a believer. He's saying future Christians are gonna perish because they don't have a love for the truth of God. Man, it's so easy. The world makes it so easy to just like step over here, and be like, oh yeah, you know what? That truth does sound really good. That does feel a little more comfy. That must be what God is saying, because it feels really good. Maybe it is. Did you check? Did you study? We must have a love for God's truth. We must have a love for saying, "Not my will, but yours be done." Not my will, but yours be done. And Satan seeks to deceive Christians to lead them astray from God's truth and into error. He leads them astray. That's his deal. And go back to that word, "planao," going astray. It kind of has this like nonchalant feel to it, like going astray, like if. Uh, you know, if this, if this aisle right here were, was God's truth, going astray is not like a power walk. Like You're not, like, like hightailing it to the side. That's just you doing your own thing and doing whatever you feel like. Going astray looks a little more like this. That kind of feels, yeah, I like how that feels. feel good about that. People like me. Oh, yeah, maybe that is, maybe that is truth. Maybe, maybe the Bible isn't so, maybe. Uh, and before you know it, you're far from the path. You've gone astray. It can happen quickly, it can happen easily. When this is not the center. When the Bible is not the center. Before you know it, you're far. You must become Bible literate. That's it. You gotta be. If I could sum up my whole the whole thing right here, you must become Bible literate. You gotta understand. The world will come to you, just like the serpent did. God, really say that? Are you sh- are you sure? Because it doesn't seem loving to me to X Y Z. Doesn't this understanding under doesn't this interpretation of the Bible does not feel and seem more like a good thing. It almost always sounds good. It's like eating it's like eating bad food. You taste it. it tastes good. You're happy about it. All of a sudden you're walking along and whoa. You're in a world of trouble. It's sweet when you taste it, but it turns sour later. Here's a good example. 75 Americans believe in God. 30% believe in the devil and demons. How? How is that happening? It's deception. Of course there's a good God that does good things and wants good things. But no, there's not an evil. No. That's silly talk. There's zero. I mean, you don't get very far before you're introduced to devil and demons. There's no truth there. It's just whatever feels good. And we are being led astray one little thing at a time. We must know the truth of the word of God and his character so you can wisely discern what is truth and what is not. There's only one absolute truth and it is the word of God. The devil is a liar and the world follows him. When you follow God, the world is going to say, you're intolerant. You're unkind. You're unloving. Try to get you moved just a little bit. Just a little bit. Before you know it, you've strayed farther than you ever thought you could. Today, it's one issue. Tomorrow, it's another. Ten years, it's something completely different. I'm not talking about one single issue or a group of issues. I'm talking the principle, you must understand it that this is what we need. This is what we need. The Bible is what we need. And Jesus was, was, was tolerant towards the sinner, but not the sin. And that's a hard walk. It's a little hard line to walk. My wife and I were just talking about this this morning. Every situation is different. That's why you need to know this word well. He'll bring it to the Holy Spirit. He'll reveal how to, do the, how, to, how to walk that line with each people, with each person, with each situation you find yourself in. Whether you're just a Bible study leader or a pastor or a missionary leading thousands. We've got to figure out how to love people but draw a line. We've got to give them our time, our energy, our open our homes and our food and our money, our love, our care, our commitment. But well, we've got to hold a line. God help us. So I challenge you, commit yourself to studying the Bible, seeking the truth. Because if you're not already, you're going to be tempted. Because it sounds good. The, world, the devil always sounds good. Temptation always sounds good. That's why it's tempting. And many try to bend the Bible. And this will always happen. To bend the Bible to their personal truth, to whatever they perceive truth is today. But I'm telling you, get this now. Get this now. Decide today where you will stand so that in the moment of when temptation comes, your decision will have already been made. That is probably one of my biggest personal life lessons. Decide what you will do ahead of time so when that moment comes, there's no decision to be made. There's no wondering. There's no waffling. There's no... I was in high school. I was a pretty good kid. I decided I wasn't going to drink. So if I ever found myself at a party, someone offered me a drink, I already knew what I was going to say. So guess what? When I found myself at a party and someone offered me a drink the words is almost like spilled out. There's no thought. There's no decision to be made. Decide. I mean, you can do this with everything, and you should. Decide what you're going to do ahead of time. There's a story of a, a, a pastor that I know, and a couple years ago, there's a real hot-button issue, as there is every couple of years. And uh, being a Relatively well-known guy and pastor in the area. A lot of people were asking, what do you think, pastor? What's the word, pastor? What do you think? And finally he said, you know what? This isn't popular, but I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to do what his word says, period. Whatever that means. I trust him. I'm going to follow him. A storm of emotions, opinions swirling around. And he came to the simple conclusion. He wasn't going to stray from the truth for the acceptance of the masses. And, man, that's hard. Especially today. Like, when this was, like, happening 20 years ago, it was just, like, just in your church. Now you're all over YouTube. You're all over TikTok. You're all over Instagram. Getting blown up everywhere. People coming at you from every side. People just looking to take a bite. It's harder. Guys, it's harder. I'm sorry. You're in a tough world. It's harder than it was for me when I was your age. And for those of us who are older, anyone older than you, it's harder for you. You live in a tougher world. But Jesus is the same. And the word doesn't change. And you can trust him in it. And when thousands around you or hundreds of town, in your village are protesting, yelling. They insist that you interpret God's word to align with their personal truths. I challenge you. I challenge you. Hold to the standard. Hold to the truth of God's word. You must seek it. Look, you can't just open it all the time and just, go, oh, here, oh, got it, figured it out. Sometimes it takes some work. Sometimes It takes some work, some Bible study, some learning some Greek. Now we used to have like concordance, and I don't even—I never even—I just—I just, I just kind of got through that class. But now I got an app on my phone, and I just click on the word, and it tells me what it really means, and that's pretty fantastic. So there's really no excuse for you guys not to understand and know the Bible. So I challenge you: hold whatever it says, whatever the Bible says, I'm going to do. And Jesus said His disciples will be hated. This is what Jesus. Can you imagine? You're rolling with Jesus. He keeps talking about dying. You're like, what are you talking about, bro? What do you mean you're going to die? Like, Stop talking about you're going to die. Well, you're Jesus. You're just healing everybody, raising people from the dead. You're going to die? He's up with that. He's like, listen, guys, they're going to hate you because of me. They hate me. They're trying to kill me. Peter's swinging swords all over, cutting people's ears off. He's trying to kill me. They hate me. But they're going to hate you too. And that's a hard one. It's hard to swallow because personally, I like being liked. It feels pretty good. It's comfortable. But I've decided that this comes first. That the truth of God comes first. And that's a continual thing. Listen, there's, there's another little life lesson nugget. Sometimes it's continual. Sometimes we need to forgive somebody, you gotta forgive them a hundred times a day until it becomes a little more truth to you. Sometimes you don't feel like worshiping God, but you gotta tell your soul, like we sung today. Soul, listen up. We're worshiping God today. That's the end of it. Let's go. Sometimes you gotta speak the truth to yourself. Sometimes I wanna follow the world, but I gotta go, no. Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. Not what I want, but what you want. Help me, God. Give me the grace, Holy Spirit. God knows our humanness. So decide today that you will cling to the word of God and not be moved by the pressures of the world. Become Bible literate and decide that's where you're gonna stand. I know I'm talking to Bible school students, and that I honestly was like, should I really preach this? Like we're talking to the Bible. It's not like I'm talking to some guys on the street, like, hey guys, believe the Bible. Like, you're Bible school student, So I'm, I, I kind of went back and forth. But I'm telling you, it's so easy. I've been out of here for a little while. all right. I just turned 40. I've seen a few things. Not as many as others. But I'm telling you, it's tricky. I've been through some storms. I've been through some valleys. It's easy to go astray. It becomes a lot harder. You've got God's word. You got the Holy Spirit to bring that check. He puts guardrails. In fact, that's another prophetic word. I think it was Paul Johansson. He said God's going to put guardrails on your life, and you just walk, you just trucking along. Everything's good, and you start just like way over here, and God's like, oh, "I got you, boom! Come on back." Now sometimes you got oh, to—just like that. Sometimes he got to smack you a little bit <laughs> to get you back over. Sorry, Lord. I don't, I don't. I can be stubborn too. Sometimes he's got to hit you back up, but he puts those guardrails there. So what does the word of God say? What are you supposed to do today? Well, you're at Bible school. It's probably a good place to learn. Probably a good place to figure it out. You've got, as I said earlier, you've got all this knowledge, Bible knowledge, experience, sitting between the staff and all its levels. Ask them to speak into your life. Mentors are crucial. I am telling you, I literally would not be standing here. In fact, I might not even be standing if it weren't for mentors in my life. I'm telling you. People to come along and say, bro, it's time to get off the floor. That was a tough one. Took a big hit there. It's time to get up. Or, hey, man, I I noticed that you keep doing this thing over and over again. Yeah, you're it's because you've got a lot of selfishness. Excuse me? You can call me selfish? Yeah. Alright, you might be right. But you need these people, you need people around you. And some of you, I think, are even sitting here, like, why am I even at Bible college? It's the beginning of the year. Like, why did I end up here? I had scholarship, I had offers, I had other ideas, things I wanted to do. Let me tell you. God wants to shore up your foundation. He wants to shore up your foundation. Because he wants to use you. He's got plans for you. I know you know this, but I'm telling you again. He's got plans to use you. Never in a million years, I am dead serious that I think I would ever stand here and talk to. You. Never. I'm, blow- I'm over there doing worship trying not to cry my eyes out. Because I can't believe the goodness of God would see me through all the ups and downs. And bring me back up and put me on a stage like this to speak to you guys in front of people that I've well respected for many years. This kind of this mind-blowing. God is going to use you guys in ways you cannot understand. But you've got to have a good foundation. You've got to be solid. Because it only gets tougher. The world only gets more secular. You could have gotten a degree anywhere, but you're here. So let God use you. But first, you've got to shore up your foundation. To speak plainly, biblical knowledge. Your biblical literacy Oftentimes it's full of holes. We all have it. And most of you are you're pretty young. Your foundation's just been poured. You're still kind of figuring it out. Whether it's being poured as we speak, you're a brand new believer, or you've been in the church your whole life. God's always got work to do in us. It's okay to doubt, it's okay to ask questions. Talk to these people. Don't go to your idiot buddy who just got saved two months ago and be like, hey, I'm thinking about this. Maybe talk to someone who's been living life a little bit longer than you. Everybody got an idiot buddy. Sometimes I was the idiot buddy. But for the grace of God. Listen, work through this stuff. Don't run away from it. Let God walk you through Like I said, I've been through some valleys. I've been through some storms. I walked with God through it. I fought with God through it, but I always walked with God through it. So to summarize, decide that you will make the Bible your standard and that you will hold to it. God will see you through. You might be standing here looking at the storm ahead of you, and you're going, really? I'm going to walk through that. And he's like, yep, we're going to walk through that. Like, Are you? Mm, I don't think so. Like, no, nah, we're going to walk through this. Storms end. And I'd rather, if I'm going to walk through a storm, I want to be walking with Jesus. Storms don't last, but he does. So walk with him through the storm and trust him that his word is going to get you through. You might get beat up along the way. You might get hated along the way. But, man, I'd rather get to the end and say what Paul said. Like, I fought the fight. And sometimes it was a fight. I walked the path. And I kept the faith. I made it. I can look at my kids and my grandkids and, God willing, my great grandkids and say, listen to me. This is how you do it. Ask God to to inspect your foundation. Check your Bible literacy. Do you understand? Do you know how to study the Bible? I didn't learn until I was like in my 30s Greek, Hebrew, meanings, translations, how to use a concordance, all that stuff. I, again, I did kind of a knucklehead while I was here. But God's grace, I figured it out. Contexts, all of these things matter. Get your foundation right and decide that you will follow Him. Through the ups, through the downs, as the world pulls you this way, you hold here to the truth of God. Let's pray. Oh, God, help us. Jesus, help us to walk. Help us to to be with you. Help us to see your hand and hold it as we walk through this world. Lord, lead us and guide us every day. And when the day comes that we see a storm ahead of us, God, give us the courage and the boldness, but give us the childlike faith to trust you in it. Help us, Lord. Lord, expose the holes and the weaknesses, the cracks we have in our foundation. Lord, I pray for the students here, Lord, that you would uh, use this time in their lives to shore up their foundations. That through the daily course of life, of chapels and, and classes, the ups and downs, Lord, that you would show them, bring truth to them, bring wholeness. We thank you for it, Lord. We choose to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.